This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to episode 5 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. As Cossie would say if he was here, here we are, we're at it again. And so were David Wagner's boys with a heartwarming display at Goodison Park. Neil, Danny G and myself were there to enjoy probably the best performance of the season so far. And as town improve, so does our audio as Stu Foster joins us. Good evening. Good evening. Okay guys, so... Everton. So pre-match, seven to one to win. Long odds. A friend of mine put a couple of quid on that. It was very close to uh, being able to buy us a round on the way home. Just walking to the ground, though, the atmosphere amongst the town fans is a little bit flat, but definitely something to cheer about as we uh, as we got through to uh, full time. I thought we played really well. Thought there was a lot of positives to take out of the game. I think we were all a bit taken aback with the lineup, the five-four-one. I don't think anyone was expecting that. I think there was. Disappointment throughout that Pritchard wasn't selected again, uh, myself included, if I'm being honest. But overall, over the course of the game, I think um, Wagner fully justified in his selection. And uh, it, well, he's it, probably shut a few people up for a week or two, hopefully. It's one of those things, isn't it? So, Town played a system which comes through and everybody says it's 5 4 1. Do you think if somebody else plays that system, such as Bournemouth, who with Eddie Howe's mates in the uh, the media, do you think they would describe that as 3 4 3 rather than 5 4 1? Probably very likely, yeah. One thing that I'm going to try and do this week is try and implement the QA as we, as we go on. And Freddie Cocker was in touch and he, he's touched upon Alex Pritchard's continued absence as well. I think everyone's a bit surprised. I think he's played in the, the two games at the start, which are both on paper very very difficult and then not being selected for the next two which you'd expect something like Pritchard who was our sort of main number 10 expensive January signing I think we all expected him in those and after their performance in those I think we even expected even more to play at Everton um, but like I say Wagner's he's gone with a different approach Pritchard not involved and ultimately he's, he's proven why he's manager and where not So speaking of Wagner so Last week we, we mentioned as well that 
one of the reasons why we were struggling with you know that system and being able to get out away from home in particular was the lack of pace out wide as an outlet and this week we played with those two pacey outlets Danny um, Dear Carby looked a bit better this week yeah I did I think Norman uh, Harrow was a standout winger but Dear Carby looked uh, he struggled a bit with the defending side of it but certainly on the ball he did, he did, he did much better than he'd done against Cardiff I'd called it 2-1 actually to town on the way there thinking that this was the sort of game where we could just upset Everton um, but I must admit same as Neil when I saw the lineup without uh, Pritchard in there I would have changed it to a defeat so I'm not going to claim too much on the on the prediction the only thing I think Diakabi struggled with a little was when when he wasn't on the ball he wasn't making the sort of runs that I would expect him to do um, there's a couple of links up with with Phil Billing where he just he didn't play the pass either in time or he was inaccurate with it but yeah it was a, it was a better performance from him um, I, I would be keeping him in for the next game based on that performance as well just to let him settle a bit I think there's a couple of people that have said should we keep him in and, and bring a bring a Benzer in maybe but I'd stick with him so Van La Parra, I think one thing you touched on there Van La Parra for me was probably the best player on the pitch for both sides I thought it was excellent and how he carried us up the pitch when we were in trouble and then also linked up with both Moy Billing and it was really good to see both central midfielders Billing and Moy overlapping underlapping and really getting forward and supporting as well as the wing backs as well I think Van La Parra arguably is the best game in a town shirt since he signed but the, the stand, I mean, yeah, is, is a great shout for man at match. But for me, it's it billing with man at match. It was absolutely excellent. And when you look at the midfield, is up against Sigurdsson, 50 million, Schneiderlin, 30, 40 million, Aaron Moy, who's, well, we'd all say he's our best player probably, at 10, 11 million, Philip Billing, academy lad. And he was the standout performer in that middle. Cost £5,000 from. Ebsbier. Is that what it cost? In, yeah, in yeah, Denmark, yeah. Absolute bargain. What would he go for now? Probably add a zero and, and double it, maybe. Yeah, and I some, think so. Yeah. Well, there's supposedly some sort of investigation at Everton when we signed building as to why they'd not gone for him. There, there was, yeah. So Everton have Copenhagen on, on lockdown, pretty much, in Denmark. Um, and it was Everton who had the investiga- internal investigation there. And what came to Towns uh, or what was Towns benefit is where Philip Billing was playing was outside of Copenhagen and more towards the coast so it fell outside of Everton's radar just and uh, Ross Wilson actually went to watch a game and there were two games going on simultaneously one on one pitch and one on the other and he went to watch the game which was on the other pitch and he just happened to turn round. This is a story from from Ross, which which he mentioned to a few of us. He turned round and Philip Billing. There's this tall midfielder dominating on the other side on the other pitch, and that's where he was found a little bit more by accident rather than uh, than anything else. Not a bad accident. No, not at all. And neither was his goal. It was nicely taken header. And it's when he first broke into the team, we saw that quite a lot that he, people would aim for him in the box, more so under the unmentionable ex-manager that we had. Yeah, that's not. And um, there'll be no more quotes from him or Lee Clark from me this week, I promise. And he was a bit of a, ta- you know, when when he first came in the team, he's six five, and I think somebody mentioned was it match of the day or some five live on the way. I mentioned he's the tallest central midfielder in in the Premier League. So you would hope that that's something we can utilise going forward as well. And eighty seven seconds later, after Phil's goal, there's a little bit of a like, just as just as the town fans are started singing, you know. You guys aren't very good. Um, yeah. We've scored a goal away from home. I'm paraphrasing that slightly. Came back to bite us a little bit. As, as they were singing, I'm thinking, please shut up. Let's <laughs> to half time. And obviously, as it went there, uh, epic fail. Yeah, and Freddie again has been in touch and he's mentioned um, 
with his defensive laps for the goal and in different performance that will we see Mbenza Kachunga or Sobi start on the right wing against Crystal Palace instead of Diakabi especially with Van Lepara now being one of the first on the team sheet given recent displays I, I wouldn't say it was a, an error to be honest I'd, uh, he's, he's not he's not he's not built like a a brick house is he he's it, not, it he's was not the strongest it was a successful away performance and I think it'd be very mm. very harsh I wouldn't say it was a lapse either. He was there. He'd read the situation. He yeah, just he just got, got out of strength. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as well as that happening, um, the ball's slightly gone over Zanka, and you know there's there's, there's more there. And Lossell's got a hand on it, so there's there's more to it than maybe just uh, Diakabe. Yeah, it's not. He don't come down to Diakabe that one for me. So more people have been in touch really, and, and they're sort of saying the sta- you know the system that we played against Everton in particular. So Alfie Kennedy's been in touch and. Um, and Jared Mulligan as well um, both mentioning that Jared's quite optimistic he says is it optimistic that we've scored two goals away from home and that we've we've actually got two goals in two games is that more of a positive and maybe the negative outlook is a little bit blown out of proportion 100% I mean, we've spoken before at least didn't we about the, the fixtures that we've had it was it was quite telling that on uh, on match of the day on Saturday Alan Shearer actually mentioned about uh, that Newcastle had, had a tough start having played Manchester City and Chelsea and got no points out of those two games but it's sort of glossed over that obviously we'd done the same and let's be said Arsenal had also done the same didn't gloss over the Nets Ben though did he? oh no they tend to linger on that one don't they it's a, it's a bit of a Geordie favourite yeah wages don't count though do they? no not at all so Alfie's mentioned as well he's, he's saying do you think this is now a um Something that we would deploy, you know, the three, I'm going to call it three four three because the you know they got forward. Would would is this something that we could maybe deploy in future away games? I think he'll just go horses for courses, won't uh, That's what I'd say. You know, there's, there's obviously going to be different games for different situations. We've we've tried that system twice last year against West Ham and Arsenal, and it wasn't quite as successful on those occasions. So I think there's definitely a definitely a case of pick a team and as opposed to who the opposition is. I'd say that it's Leicester's an extra point, isn't it? So I think they offer a different sort of threat to Everton. Um, but yeah, like you say, horses for courses. He'll use it again. He's got to do. I would think after that performance on Saturday, but not for every game. I don't think. We've had a few more messages as well praising the introduction of a man that you praised away at Stoke Neil, Eric Doom. Derm Doom. Derm. Either way, Derm. I'm, I'm, I'm from Yorkshire. So, <laughs> so I thought he looked really good. He looked really. Progressive, he was quick, sharp. Maybe a slight concern over David Wagner seems a little bit reluctant to throw him in based on his injury record, but he's, he, he immediately seemed to add, add a, an injection and he got beyond the defence a little bit more than what maybe Hardish United does. I, I, read, I read a piece in the Yorkshire Post that Richard Sutcliffe had done because he's mate, mm-hmm. and uh, he said something that he obviously spoken to Dern and that the plan from when he signed was to take it very, very steadily, not to throw him straight in, to build him up over a, a period of time, and, and Dern was fully prepared for that and thinks it's the right way to go after all his injury problems. Must be tempting though, based on how well he played at Stoke. I, I, absolutely, and but I think he's, he's now got in the last two games away from home, got 90 minutes in. All told, between the two. Yeah, he's definitely got a manager there that he, he trusts. Yeah. Having having, well, he's got two weeks him. now. He's got two weeks of training, mm. and I won't be at all surprised to see him start against Palace. So, Danny, you weren't in on this conversation last week against Crystal Palace. So, a lot of the questions coming in are about the system. I, I I've said before the last few weeks I like the back three system because it gives us more balance on both sides. But Eric Derms maybe a bit of a spanner into that. What whereabouts would you would you play him? 
I think if he's available, if, if you've got Durham, Zanka, Schindler and Congolo as a back four, that's, I think that's about as good as a back four as we're ever likely to get at this level. And the problem is, yeah, do you, do you, is he going to be, I don't think he'll be ready for Palace myself, but I could be wrong. And I, I, would, I would like a back four with, with those four that I've just mentioned, based on the fact that they're all really strong in, in those positions. Um, whether Congolo is, is better at centre back or left back, you could argue. But mm. I like that idea of that form myself. I like I like him at left centre back. Congolo, he's, I think he's, he's he's exceptional in a back three. Either or is playing. Mm. He's he's he, probably he, in the top he, he three the top of, of our players, and he's he he's exceptional at left centre back. He's exceptional at centre back. He's he's great at left back as well. He, yeah. You could you could play the guy anywhere. He's it's. If you just said two years ago we'd be spending seventeen million pounds on a player, you'd be like, "You're mad, absolutely crazy." But that's it. Doesn't seem like we've overpaid either. Not at all. No. Yeah. He's one. He's one of those who we could see playing for at top six. For me, he's, he's that good. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. So we've obviously talked about systems, and I, I probably represent the more basic sort of football fan. I don't necessarily think systems are. For everything, I think why so, and I didn't admit the game in person, but let's say I watched it um, on, online somehow. Um, what I saw was a completely different application from the side, and it's not all about the system. It was a completely different eleven that had the impetus to want to go forward. And the other thing that I noticed uh, from early on in the season, in fact, the last season as well, is there's a lot of slow side to side movement, which is you know foot on the ball, look left. You know, maybe roll it back, look to the right, and and then telegraph a pass that you could have you could have sent 20, 30 seconds before. Yeah. And I think you know the back, the centre backs are probably the, the worst offenders for that. But I didn't see any of that in the Everton match. You know, it was it was head up, it was quick passes, and the fans reacted to it. And I think um, the problem is a lot of the time uh, they seem to be scared. You know, misplacing a pass, yeah. and, and and passes were misplaced on Saturday. And they actually looked fearless on Saturday. Yeah, they, they did, didn't they? Agree with you. And the fans didn't care because yeah. you could see that they had the drive to go yeah. on, and it's like we we don't care if you you know you hit a few no. a few hospital passes or whatever, just try. And I think that came out in buckets on Saturday, and I oh. think everybody after the game thought. We've arrived finally. Yeah, it's a great point. I was talking to quite a few people in ground, um, before, well, before, during, and after, and we'd all, we'd all said that the, it was a lot more incisive, a lot more. We would spoke about it last week actually about saying want to be more direct, but not not necessarily hitting long balls direct, but just be a bit more in your face and yeah. sort of push fast forward a bit faster. And Billing and Van Lampard were the two standouts for me for that. Billing a, a number of times went coasting through that midfield, driving forward, and Van Lampard was just it was constant threat for ninety. We had a great game. I was tempted to start quoting Lee Clark again first. It felt it felt like you were egging me on there, yeah. you know, it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not, not going to do it for a new horse if that carries on. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. But Lee Clark's available if you want to. <laughs> but I, I agree to an extent. It's there was a bit of a change of mindset, and I think what's what was different with Everton is they didn't sit deep like a lot of teams tend to sit deep when we've got the ball because they know we can hurt them and, and there are two elements to it so at home in particular Cardiff and Chelsea out of possession sat sat a little deeper knowing that they could potentially pick us off or we would we would struggle to pass through them and there's that again what we alluded to last week was the bravery on the ball you know, you've got to be brave you've got to be able to 
you know, if you spot a pass, you've got to be able to go for it. And there was, I think it was quite early on, and Chris Lover hit a, it was about a 90 yard crossfield ball to Diacarbi. And, and you sat thinking, that's, that's a, it, that's it went out of play, but it was, it was the fact that he, he picked the ball up, he looked up, and he, and straight away, bang. Yeah, switch. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, he, he didn't even think. Yeah. Hmm. And it was more, it felt like the shackles were off and they were playing a bit more an instinct again yeah. rather than he could worrying. Tell. He could tell. Like, like Stu said, it was a great point. You could, the whole thing just looked a lot more relaxed, for want of a better word. It just looked a lot more freedom in the play. I think that's what we want, though. When, yeah. we, when we go to places like Everton and, and whatnot, we're not expected to win, so... Yeah, if we well, lose, why not get at them? Yeah, exactly. Everton, let's be fair, they, they were no great shakes. I mean, you normally go somewhere like that, proper old football ground, with probably the worst atmosphere I've witnessed or... Well, well, that's, if he can witness and no atmosphere that's a question from uh, from Freddie as well he said which atmosphere and fans are more plastic Anfield or Goodison Park I think uh, Everton fans are more wooden than plastic aren't they? <laughs> yeah they're very much so they yeah. much to celebrate have they and, well we won't mention the wooden well, we just have mentioned the wooden stadium but I think I think with Everton it's an odd one because last season they were just the same I mean, Howard Dice had just taken over and I think they had the opinion that we're, we're better than this I know it's it's been said before. It's like we wouldn't we wouldn't care about teams that are lower down than us in the in the championship or League One. But you still got to make more noise than they did. I'll get behind the team in some way, surely. I I don't accept that as an excuse to me. It's Liverpool fans said the same thing. It's like, well, we're on the plane, Huddersfield. It's like, well, you don't. I I but don't you, go you, to watch the opposition. No, you, you go for the for the match day experience, which is why it's worked so well at town. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having been at town last season, playing Bristol. No, sorry, the season before when we came up, playing teams like Bristol City, you wouldn't have that down as an exciting game, but you've still got a cracking atmosphere. It's all about the fans and how you make it. That they could be. There's forty thousand Everton fans there enough in that. Game. They they could be the proverbial twelfth man and make one hell of a difference with noise that they could generate. But those, it, I mean, it were almost apologetic when they scored. One thing, I think, think when our goal went in and I was looking at that, that away and behind their, behind our goal, half of them got up and went for a pie or went for the toilet or whatever. So when, when they scored ninety seconds later, I'm guessing half of them missed, missed it anyway. Yeah. yeah what? I was just above you, Neil, because you were quite close as well I, 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 at the I same time. I in between being Everton fans, that's it. <laughs> and quite one thing I noticed, they got a corner. I think Eric, Eric Dem took the ball off uh, Umar Nias near the end. About five minutes from the end, they won a corner. And about 50, 60 of them just got up and walked out. You've got a corner, a yeah. chance to win the game. And you're walking out. But they, they never put us under any concerted pressure at all <clears throat> they, they, they want a spell in the game where you thought it's coming it's not, that's, mm. that's one of the most comfortable games we've, I've had in terms of feeling, feeling that we're not going to get get, bit, get beaten here I, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one chance where they put it across the ground and they were sliding in but other than that it, it felt fairly comfortable to me there's one right. thing I said to, to a mate of mine it, was, it got to 87 minutes and I turned around to him and went this is great this it, there's only 5 minutes left plus, plus a couple of minutes here and there and, and we're not even under the cosh no, and and that's the sign of a pretty decent away performance. And, and what I did like is that Town didn't change their attitude from sort of eighty minutes on. It mm. wasn't a drop deeper and sort of wait for the expected onslaught. Town just carried on playing like they had done for the previous eighty minutes on front foot. And as an away fan, that well, even at home, that's just what you want as a fan because they've done their best way to alleviate pressure is to carry on playing and going forward. And that's just what Town did. It was an all, all round cracking performance for me. So we're still a new podcast, Neil. So we're still in the process of playing nice a little bit yeah 
But one thing I'm starting to get nasty. That was just well. One one thing that you were you were you were maybe deliberating bringing in was a, a whopper of the week, <laughs> and Everton fans accusing Huddersfield Town of parking the bus, killing the game. Yeah. I think there's a there's a few candidates. There's, there's, yeah, there's a shout for probably thirty seven thousand whoppers of the week on blow scouts. I, I sat there and I thought <laughs> Stuart Atwell. I thought it was a bit of a homer. I thought Tom Davies should have been booked. I'm I'm biased. I'm an away fan. I thought Tom Davies should have been booked three or four times. Tom Davies should. Not say ninety minutes. There was the Calvert Lewin incident where he they went in two footed. There was another one on the other side, and with my blue and white tinted glasses on, I I thought this this referee's done us. Well, not done us, but he's he's not been not been our friend today. And then to get there and find that they think he's done them just seems such a bizarre thing. Probably. In, in the way that that, that was a frustrating thing that you could sense from us in our end was that the fact that Billy had got that booking inside three minutes and then it took him an age to sort of restore parity on the bookings from when there were three or four were a lot worse well, than Billings. I mean, the two of them could have been was, if we're being brutal straight reds. There was and, an incident where Billing was breaking clear and, and Davis took him down. And you're thinking, well, if he's picked up that booking earlier on, then he's not going to do that. And, no. and what comes of that? I mean, we're away. Yeah, he gets a, yeah, he does it and gets a red card. Yeah. Or we break away. Yeah. So for a team that parked the bus as well, we had six shots on target to their one. Yeah. Dreadful. 43% possession I, th- I think a lot of it with Everton was uh, from their fans sheer frustration and obviously yeah. Little Huddersfield uh, an easy target aren't they? It, it goes along what I've, I'm quite I get quite frustrated on, on Twitter because I, I think narratives of Huddersfield Town have been pre-written before the season and, and I've seen quite don't get called Little Bournemouth they? no and you know we, we've gone through that before haven't we I've, yeah. they're probably the smallest club maybe Basswinden to get promoted to the Premier League but yeah. you know they're a southern club nice area they don't seem to attract the same kind of Eddie Howe's the darling of the pet of the exactly. they don't seem to attract the same sort of vitriol that us and Burnley do for instance no. and, and Burnley as well they got into Europe and they don't really get that much respect either no. um, so it is frustrating for me a little bit when I you see the same things and there's a well, chat I'm not even, it, it wasn't a dirty game and I'm, I'm not saying that you know I'm not one of these old lights cards flying out all over the place but I do like fair play. And if you are going to book Billing for what he booked him for, it's got to go both ways. You've got, you know, that's all everybody ever says with referees and want to see some consistency. And that's where they make it difficult for themselves and bring pressure upon themselves when they're so blatantly not consistent. So, Dale Marsden has been in touch. I don't think you've read this tweet, Neil, because you look slightly worried. I'm not, no. Or it's, it's not too bad. So um, it, it follows on from what you've said there with what is our next goal? Do you know, oh, he says, what what is our next goal? In terms of Everton look at us as these little minnows. If we stay up, what Dale's sort of saying is, what is our next goal? A cup and try for Europe, a top 10 Premier League finish, stay in the Premier League and try bank some of the money coming our way? Or do we just keep doing what we do? Let's get through this season first. I think first season, brilliant. Second season, notoriously difficult. I get sick of hearing the second se- second season syndrome phrase. Does that exist anymore? Because usually, if you're not good enough, you go straight back down. Yeah, but it, it, it gets banded around a lot, doesn't it? So let's let's try and avoid having that tag pinned on us at the end of this season. I think town fans in general are a lot more positive just after witnessing Saturday, to be honest. Um, and I think there's, there's a lot to be positive about. I think this this season it is about consolidating and making sure we stay up. And then, can you attract? 
even better players and you have to go a little bit further you know money wise etc I think Dean Dean Hoyle said himself didn't he at the uh, Premier League uh, chairman's meeting that he was told by Paul and Sundry that it's the third season where it really kicks in because the fans expect yeah. you know you've been around for three seasons and it's time to sort of really stick yeah, the hands in the pocket yeah. Yeah, and, and go for it and that's generally where it begins to fall apart so yeah. it's tricky isn't it but you know we'd all love to see some established Premier League talent but with the wages and everything it's it's a fine fine line it's a funny one isn't it because we've got when we got promoted our record signings 1.8 million we Shingler, which is obviously a bargain of the century, and now you're getting this. This summer we signed Sobby for 5.7 million, and nobody barely raised an eyebrow. And then we got to the stage or anywhere, sort of 5.7 million is almost sniffed at as well. You know, that's what, that's what that's what you've got to do. It's, yeah. Which you know, for, for town, even at this stage that we're at now, 5.7 is a significant amount of money you know and I think for it to be sort of dismissed as, as easy as it was by, by me as well I'll be honest 5.8 just doesn't sound a lot now in, in, in Premier League terms does it no and Graham Ellis has, has found us courtesy of you today Stu so yeah, right Graham, Graham actually put his TV up next to us right here what yeah. thanks Graham um, it's not level it's yeah <laughs> the bubble's on the wrong part yeah um, and it's back to front but aside from that um he, he's on, on the transfer window he said did we invest enough in the transfer window and should the club have brought somebody in with Premier League experience that's a difficult one because you, you could argue that we did in Congolo and uh, so it's, it's, I'm guessing you're saying like more experienced Premier League but who are we going to get this if you after somebody like that I'm guessing you're looking at somebody like Joe Allen who's gone down with Stoke and you could say the fail of the Premier League mm-hmm. you're looking at somebody who's not good enough and is he on the way down as well? Yeah. Is his career well, going downhill? Yeah. Plus, you're, you're also those players. You're looking at eleven premium wage wise. Yeah, and that's you that's know to filter through the rest of the uh, team. Yeah, and, and, and then that's where you get the old net spend United syndrome coming in. Yeah, and it's, it, I think that there's got to still be a level of realism. You know, it's this is our second season. Bear in mind, three seasons ago we were tipped to go down to League One, and you know we, we now find ourselves second season in Premier League. We've spent in anybody's terms a lot of money in Huddersfield Town's terms compared to everybody else has spent ridiculous amounts of money from what we're used to and I just think there's got to be sort of a level where let, let's be honest we're, we're all glad that it's Dean Oil spending it because we're not if we did go down we're not going to be in the shape that the likes of Bradford were in that Sunderland now find themselves in if we do go down we will be on a very even keel um, with a sensible owner who won't throw daft money again to get back in the Premier League, but I'm guessing that he'd keep a sort of competing top end championship without any doubt. But let's let's hope it doesn't come to that. Sounds very negative. Mm, uh, I'm, I'm still one of these who thinks we'll stay up anyway. I think, I think we're building the Premier League experience anyway, aren't we? I mean, yeah. if you players like Jonathan Hogg and Aaron Moy now, I would say they're Premier League midfielders. Yeah. Um, you look at two of those players that we brought in, Congolo, yeah, he played us in the Premier League and Durham and you've got a World Cup experience there one's got a winner's medal the other's got a bronze medal yeah. and those are the two that we were praising earlier and Congolo has actually returned to the Dutch squad since he came to Huddersfield so that's a bit of a, a feather in our cap as well for me I'd, I'd be happy to go down the route we've done and, and, and stick with bringing players in from abroad rather than go for a big money Premier League experience player I, yeah. I don't think we can afford to shop in the British market anyway even if no. we're plucking players out of the championship well look at what Madison went for 
I, do you know Madison? About twenty five million quid. Madison is is someone who I saw. I've seen little bits before, but I saw him last um, September playing for Norwich away at Ipswich, and I remember seeing him. And, and at that point, I thought this guy can, you know, he can play. He's definitely someone who we should should be looking at. And it got to January, and we needed that number ten. And I, I was quite forthright and saying, "Oh, we need to go for this Madison." But he just got too good too soon, and he came. and And the problem when that happens is to go above your station and. and well, Leicester if, 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 you, if you if you picture, yeah. yeah, he signed for a team that three years ago were Premier League champions, who were on a, a totally different planet towards money wise. Look, look at what is we were earning. What's we going to be earning there? Sixty, seventy, eight grand a week. I quite like Matt Ritchie when he was being linked to, uh, to the championship. Yeah. yeah. Apart from anything else, if we'd have spent money on him, it increases the net spend for uh, us against Newcastle. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's another mention, isn't it? Net spend good. wars. Could be a good hashtag, that couldn't it? So we, we've we've mentioned so we, in terms of the transfer window, we, we've done that quite a few times over the last few weeks. I think generally we're quite happy. I think Neil, you might mention last week that maybe we could have done with a striker. Did you say? No, midfielder. midfielder. Because Aaron Moy is going in. Yeah, in January. In January. Less chance for Janino Bacuna to step up because no more League Cup games. Obviously, it, it looked raw. That, that's I'm not writing him off by any stretch, but it looked. Um, for the future rather than for now shall we say you've mentioned previously that I'd say stopgap would be uh, Hadijanai in midfield if we don't get anybody else in there yeah. presuming that uh, Derm is going to be playing at right back yeah I agree with that yeah and just going back to something Freddie put where he's um, he tweeted us and he said our fullbacks are integral to our, to our playing system and right now uh, both have the shirt feeling to deliver anywhere near the quality that we need and he, he he mentioned he talks about really would you play Derm Smith and we have already talked about that a little bit um, he doesn't really mention Chris Lever. I thought Chris Lever was really good against Everton and at the end of last season he played a bit of a hero's role as well for me at Man City Chelsea Lever's one of those underrated that you need He's a good foot. He's got a great footballing brain as Chris Let, Let's be fair. He's played in Champions League for Dortmund. He's not a mug. I said last year, if, if he had Scott Malone's, you know, body's physical attributes, he'd be, he'd still be playing for Dortmund. Yeah. He's, a, he's a very clever footballer, is Chris Lever. He's not one of those. When you, when you see team and Lever's in it, it's never a. He's no. always yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, you'll always get seven yeah. out of ten with Chris Lover. He's, 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 and obviously you got a penalty taker as well if it yeah. if we ever get one in the yeah, or if we ever get another one in the Premier League. Okay, so we've got the international break coming up. Zaha's injured. Potentially out for two to four weeks, meaning that he maybe could come back at yeah. a push. How has he got injured without playing us? Come on, because only us are fouling. <laughs> Apparently he got kicked off the park in training. But, oh, oh, did he train with us? He must have he, he, must, he must have come and joined him with us. That's he only gets injured against us. This has got Berahino again written all over it, hasn't it? <laughs> Palace never won him without Zaha recently. Yeah. yeah. Arsenal not picking up a point all of 2018 until the turn up at Town. I'd, I'd rather see him there and then... And just beat him with him in the team if yeah. you can. And kicking. You, this, you know, this, you this, know this, this, this uh, fantasy kicking that he got. Ridiculous. If Sahel's so, so missing and, and Town play a blinder and beat him, you just know that the, the script's written in it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm quite happy with that, mate. I, yeah. I, I don't mind him decrying us a little bit more for something else and crack on. I was going to say, would you prefer the game to be this week, considering Town are coming off the back of a, a good performance, maybe the international breaks at the wrong time? <sighs> 
Well, we know we normally go in strong to these breaks, don't we? And then come out the other side yeah. mm. and a little bit deflated. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's coming at the wrong time. Elliot from um, sent me a message earlier today from Talk of the Town, Elliot, and. Um, he mentioned to me see if you guys can guess this I haven't fact checked this so I believed him whether I should believe Elliot I don't know but I'll have a word with him afterwards if he's wrong but he said to me he said there's only one club that we've beaten after an international break in the time that David Wagner's been here do you know who that club is? So since he's been here, it's that could be championship as well, couldn't it? It's the championship and it's Leeds United. It's Leeds, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which was end of August, early September 2016. So we do as well. So, you know, mm. <laughs> Crystal Palace are due to beat somebody without I, I, I don't read so much into stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure Wagner been particularly bothered about when they fall. And I think he'll think they've got a positive performance in. There's a few going away in international duty. He's got a good wait 10 days with everybody else I'm assuming they'll get, they'll get 3 or 4 days off each he's got a good 7-10 days with everybody and I'm, I'm pretty sure a performance like that at Everton I think they'll all come back flying anyway and Palace are Palace are no great shape like, let's be fair Palace are going to be one of those that are a bottom 10 team this season and they're one of those you're playing at home and you've got to think of that's that's somewhere where you can get points from. And we've got to learn from our, from what we said as well at Everton, where we've got to stop fearing, you know, fearing players and fearing teams because yeah. we've got some good players of our own. You know, Zaha against Congola, we should be really yeah, be looking towards on, yeah. that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think uh, Teza Kay will be too worried about Zaha bombing at him, to be honest. And I think Billing's going to be absolutely flying, you know, full of confidence. It's the, the billing now. The trick is now keeping that level up. He's set it. Yeah, it's 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 a young player, isn't it? So yeah. you will get peaks and troughs. And I just hope that because billing seems to be an easy target for some town fans. Yeah, he's, he's, nuts. I think sometimes he doesn't fit the mould of what people look at in terms of a central midfielder. So you know he's six five, six six quite languid so I think he gives off the impression he's something that he's not sometimes to town fans so I think the negativity sometimes comes from how the way he looks and he's probably not helped himself on one or two occasions but it was good to see him step up against Everton and, and quieten one or two people although on on a forum we mentioned last week one guy has gone to great lengths to say how rubbish Billing was against I, I've read the <laughs> I, I, I read the first two lines what, on, sat- on Saturday yeah which Cle- clearly shows to me clearly people no people well apparently did oh, with a notepad <laughs> so I think it just goes to show people prefer to watch with preconceived notions than what's actually well the thing is though that, that, that's where it drives me mad and I, and I put a, a post up on Twitter on Saturday or Sunday um about that just you know that all these who do come on and Billing and Van Le Parry in particular too that get absolute pelters on Twitter um, and Matt Glennon's a nightmare for it on Radio Lazy Van Le Parry. but those two it's alright going on having a go at them but there weren't so many popping up on Saturday night giving it the credit the other way when they fully fully deserved it because like we said before those two were they were, they, were, they were just excellent. There were no, there were no poor performances on the day. No, there, there were no poor. But those two were the two way, you know, sort of a, a tussle for the man of match. Uh, someone else who I thought played really well was was Congolo. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I just expect it now. Yeah, I was just going to say we kind of just expect it. Penalty, Danny, for his uh, vicious assault on Chenk Toshin. According well, well, to uh, well, I'll say yes. Uh, I mean, I didn't spot it at the time. I didn't see any great claims about it at the time, but 
looking at the uh, replay, it, it's not good. But as we've said, there's, there's so many other decisions. The Calvert Lewin jumping in on Hadijin and the uh, the incidents with Tom Davis. So. I'd rather not dwell too much on that. You can, yeah, you can make a case. The, the interesting thing for me was it wasn't picked up anywhere else. Nobody else showed it. Nope. No Everton player really. They weren't claim for it. No, I think one player put his arms up, but I think he was looking for a deflection more yeah, than anything. Nobody, nobody, whatever, even yeah. even the striker got up and just we got on with it. Yeah. I didn't think he looked like he really touched him much, apart from when Toshin put his head forward for the header. But. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If, if that had been given at the game, I'd have probably gone on frothing at the mouth. Yeah, of yeah. So you think of that penalty that was given at Liverpool last season against Tommy Smith. Yeah. And by comparison. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh... Soft, mate, got what it deserved, didn't it? Mm. So again, thanks for all the feedback that we've been getting on on the podcast. Um, some of the feedback we've we've been blown away by a little bit, to be honest. And feedback in particular from Claire Hill's been excellent, hasn't it, Neil? And she's really good. Yeah, she's come to us with. I think initially she said that she was a little bit unsure of her football knowledge wasn't she but some of the questions she's asked here are top class to be honest yeah, you know, I think she's uh, yeah, having us on a bit <laughs> but um, so Claire's come in uh, and she said a couple of questions for the podcast and she's mentioned that David Wagner's very good at identifying the potential in players and unlocking that potential as well um, and she's she's asked who do you feel has made the most progress under the direction of David Wagner that's a good question I thought that was a great question I really really did genuinely really good question and I've had a chance to think about this so I'm going to let you go <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's a case for a few yeah. to be honest I think you know he's yeah, definitely worked his magic on quite a few I mean the, when he initially came I think the partnership in the championship season with uh, Tommy Smith and Kachunga I don't think anybody saw Tommy Smith as a marauding attacking right back and that season of the championship it was exceptional so that's clearly one from going back from when he first Tommy came. Smith is the one that came to my mind yeah. because under Powell he was um, oh, sorry I mentioned it didn't I it oh, should be a swear yeah. filter on here yeah. but under the previous manager who who's a nice guy so we won't give it, dig him out too much but under he bought a flat cap and went tour in Yorkshire so. <laughs> apparently he was going to yeah. go to watch rugby league but I never yeah. saw him there but never mind but he um under, under him, he, he, he was always on the back foot. He was always scared to jump in, always scared to commit. And he had him playing as a very defensive right back, almost. Oh, sat on the bench. And 
I remember when he, we played the game against Leeds and he uh, collided with the post and, and it took him quite a while to get over that yeah. as well and I don't think the management seemed to help there and all of a sudden that was when they landed an ambulance on boots yeah and, and then all of a sudden um, there's a switch flicked in in Tommy Smith when David Wagner's come in and he's gone from this timid fullback who had had a bad experience with, with the post um, to being club captain um, and one of the main characters around the place and he's, he's gone from someone who looked like he was heading to League One to yeah. Championship Team of the Year um, and you mentioned Kachunga as well yeah. uh, who was when we signed him I remember some football, uh, German football experts saying nah useless yeah. and he's, he's coming as a striker he's seen something in him as a it's it's almost as a partnership down right hand side they were absolutely yeah he, he didn't quite play as a winger it's, there's a position in, in German football I think I probably get the pronunciation wrong but they call it like a, a Reim Dutter a Reim Dutter or something which translates to space investigator and, and Kachunga was pretty much somebody what who would great position to anyway, play apparently that's Thomas Muller space investigator <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie yeah. he did yeah, yeah. He, he, he played really well and I thought last year at Everton Kachunga just started to look like he was coming back in and it was really good to see him back um, going back to Everton yeah. but it was good to see him come back again and he looked alright I thought as well he, I was a bit surprised you, at the sum at the you're time ne- you're but. never going to get anything less than 100% from Kachunga he's never going to be the best player we've got but if you want an application attitude I'm not saying he's not a good player don't get me wrong we're playing if you want but attitude application effort Always, always nails 100%. Great dancer. Yeah, <laughs> cracking dancer. I think Hogs went from a highly thought of now. Before Wagner arrived, I think they, they split opinion quite often. I don't mm. think there'd be, uh, there wouldn't have been that much of an outcry if he'd have left at that point. Mm. Uh, but I think that's the, the system that uh, David Wagner plays that suits him as much as mm. anything else. He missed a lot of games, did Hogs? He, well. he taps into mindset as well, doesn't he? Mm. And he, he's, he's very much tapped into Hogs sort of warrior never say die kind of spirit he, he and he's, pretty much says him as a bit of a post Jonathan Hogg is, is yeah, the he is the terrier identity yeah, yeah, is, so. yeah. and I remember saying, him saying a while ago that one thing he changed with Jonathan Hogg was he gave him every Thursday off because he's he does have um, you know little bits and bats with mm. you know with his with his groins and his back and it helps as well when your manager also has a degree in in sports yeah. science and physiology and all sort of whatever else he's got going on and he seems to really understand the, like I say he understands the players and another one who I thought as well was a player we got Stuart Webber signed him from Wolverhampton Wanderers where he was quite unpopular he was seen as lazy he was seen as he was seen as pretty naff to be honest um, he fell out with the Wolves fans over something on Instagram yeah, didn't he I give him a match on Saturday just a bit and Town fans still, I, I get why town fans get frustrated in the final third. His decision making, yeah, okay. But he's, he's gone from being someone who was a bit of a bit of a waif, really, when he first signed. But he thought the wind were going to knock him over. But now he's yeah. such a strong, dedicated, fast athlete that gets up and down the field. And if he can, if he can score eight, nine, ten goals a season and cross the ball he's playing for Liverpool so somebody questioned on, on Saturday on Twitter on way home about whether the lads that were brought in wide were good enough when you consider that both Van Lepar and Kachunga were on pitch at the same time and I, I countered that by maybe it's that those two have seen these new lads come in 
and they've had to raise their game and step up as well and you know they see that their place is seriously under threat by two lads coming in from abroad I was I was pleased with what I saw from Dia Calbi on Saturday because yeah, the previous too. Saturday I saw him trap the ball and it ended up for going from the right wing to the left wing and thinking yeah. oh no what have we signed here but <laughs> going back to Van La Parra he's just he's excited isn't he he's excited in the fact that you don't know what what's going to come out of the end of yeah. it sometimes and it's like for me I, I love that when you yeah. see him running with the ball he's genuinely got the most attacking flair out of anyone else yeah, in, in the side and it doesn't always come off you know eight times out of ten so, something might go wrong yeah um, and if he could just reprogram his mind to just stop and think for a second before he lets the hammer go yeah it'd be a well be it yeah but we playing for us would it no exactly. it'd be with Congo and the Dutch squad <laughs> yeah it would um, um, absolutely yeah it would without it any shadow be, it must be a mental but when you thing, look at like, like on Saturday you're looking at the fullback he's up against and you, there's got to be a case of saying Seamus Corbin's one of the best right backs in the league I think before he got and injured and has been yeah. over a period of time yeah. and before he got injured he in fact Van der Padder tortured him yeah. on Saturday he was absolutely he was, tortured him end product yeah so to answer Claire's question, I've I've thrown in three Smith. I'd, I'd go with Tommy Smith as my my main one. I think we've named them all. So Smith, Ogden, Van der Parra's the three. They're the, they're the three that were. It's quite telling that we haven't discussed this, and we've all picked. You could you could even you could even praise Christopher Schindler's step up to the Premier League last year as yeah. well. There's and when I think one thing I we've mentioned previously is we've we've signed quite a lot of project players. And then when you st- and Claire's question is great because it's now making me think these project players we've signed Solby and Benz are dear Carby good hands yeah really really good hands yeah definitely uh, she's also mentioned both Van der Parra and Phil Billing have both stepped up this season who David Wagner firmly believed and saw potential in but have come under criticism in the past by fans I also think back to Hoggy who barely gets a look in before David Wagner arrived and look at him now um De Poitre is another player that comes to mind as well. De Poitre was an interesting one because he was a good player in Belgium. Um, I think he got the cap for Belgium when he was playing for... Um, was it Bruges over there he was maybe playing for? Um, went to Porto, didn't work out. It was David Moss who had an eye on him because he was uh, Celtic were interested in him when he was playing in Belgium. Brought him over. Initially, uh, there's a story from... When did he first sign him when we got to Premier League? He was one of them, yeah, he was, yeah. Um, one of the stories that I heard from um, somebody closer to the club at the time was um, when we played Leicester in that first game where he he, he rolled Harry Maguire. Easily. Uh, and look at Harry Maguire now. And he rolled Harry Maguire, put the ball in the corner. Kachunga was actually going to play up front in that game because apparently De is not the best trainer, so David Wagner hadn't actually seen what he could do and it was David Moss actually who said this in, in the media you know he's given him a go and again he's, he's another player he gets the best out of and he's a classic town fans player is De Poitre because he clatters into everything like he Belgian runs Alan himself Lee. into the ground and town, town fans love that don't they he's a rich man's Ronnie Jepson <laughs> yeah but yeah town, town can... fans love that if you go back I think that's why they love them though because we've what, had players like that but one of the reasons why town fans don't buy into People like Billing, and I'll probably get slated for Are this. Are going to mention Oscar Goburn? No, I am not, no. But you, <laughs> but, but you did. Um, one player I used to really like a long time ago as a midfielder, and he got slated because they were too soft. He probably was a little bit soft, but the cracking footballer were uh, Lee Merkel. I thought you were going to say Dave yeah, Cowling Lee as Merkel, well. Yeah, Lee Merkel were a good footballer, but never really hit it off with town fans because he didn't, he didn't particularly like a tackle. 
Mm. Whereas Johnny Hogg, your Darren Bullocks, they're all sort of legends because they get in there and you know I don't think. I think it comes from. Something. I think it comes from like you've mentioned Ronnie Jepson and. Alan Lee was quite well liked despite not being very good for me. Um, By everybody, he wasn't. <laughs> no, me and you, probably not. But he, he did have his, his fans for yeah. what, whatever. Uh, Boothy, even when Boothy Alan came back. Lee, Come on. <laughs> when Boothy came well, back with his two rookies. dressing up apparently, Alan Lee. Brilliant. Mm. And Boothy came back. So there's that type <laughs> of striker. You can see a mould which town fans are drawn to. Yeah. Even if, in Alan Lee's case, they're not that great. He was rubbish. Let's be fair. I, I he turned every game into a pantomime of case of he's behind yeah, you and it. I struggled with it. I'll be honest. Andy Payne's a good comparison there as well as he used to score so many goals, but didn't, no, I don't like him. him he no. just had that attitude of this is all about. Me. I liked him and all. Did you? Did he did job though, didn't he? He scored goals. Yeah, kept us up one year. Did Andy Payne. Yeah, absolutely kept us up, and I, I really liked Lee Maker. I, I, Darren Bullock was a. When I was a kid, was a I was a big fan of Darren yeah. Bullock. But everybody, I liked both of them and, together. And, and everybody yeah, should love Darren Bullock, but you know, I, 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 I just like I like a proper footballer. And like, for me, Lee, Lee Makel, yeah, was soft, <clears> but it was a proper footballer. He scored one goal against Crystal Palace one year and turned around inside. It, it goes, and just oh yeah, against ball. Nigel Martin as well. Brilliant. Goal. Did you go to that uh, yeah, the, early on when he signed? Uh, Brian Hart was in charge of that uh, second tier. Select oh, yeah, the that Italian second. Yeah. 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 Did had quite a good career in Scotland. Yeah. Did did Lee Michael. Um I thought you were going to mention Dave Cowling because what you said was sounded well, very yeah, similar yeah, to well, Dave. Dave Cowling's Cowling. when I first started going. Is he were a... That's that's where you get this sort of modern football fan. But it goes back to eighties town fans hating on Dave Cowling yeah. in certain sections. And it's not a modern yeah. thing. It's just more vocal now because it's on social media. I mean, he created so many goals and scored yeah. a couple of classics. When I I never got to see him, so I can't form an opinion. But I I. Watch the final whistle, and there's the is it Newport who scores the goal against Newport? Yeah, against Newport Barnsley, the, where they had almost 30,000 in the yeah, ground. And to me, we're well, looking back at the videos, you I'm think it must have been a bit of a yeah, you must in have think the old, old milk cup, like yeah. what it called then. You and, must, and the old fellow that I used to sit next to at Leeds Road, he used to go on about I was in the crowd at the uh, the Arsenal game when there were 67,000, then oh, right. in the 80s, so he'll have been about 70, 80 years old. But he used to slate Dave Cowling so much, <laughs> even even in that game against Newport when he scored the goal that sent us up, he was he, he, he grudgingly applauded it, he was not <laughs> yeah. happy, yeah. Don't never change. Never yeah. change town fans. He was, change. he was comparing him to the likes of Jimmy Glazard, so I guess now I can understand. Well, Vic Metcalf, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, so Claire caveats that very nicely with saying, on the flip side to the question above, which player are we yet to see rise to their full potential and a player who Wagner could get more out of? Uh, she's also saying you may want to discount new players because we're still fine because they're still finding their feet. I think you could probably answer Billy again on that one. To be fair, there's loads to cover, isn't there? When you see that performance that he put in on Saturday and you've seen bits and pieces of other games, he has got everything to be a top-end Premier League midfielder. He's got everything. He's good in the air. He's got a, a wand of a left foot. He can tackle when he wants to. He can find a pass. He was coasting through middle of the pitch on Saturday on a number of times. Mm. And that's what drives people mad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but he's... But no, I mean, I mean coasting as in, well... Oh, looking good, yeah, yeah. Gliding. Gliding. Right. Gliding. 
Anyway, he just went, you know, through on a number of occasions. And I think if if the penny drops in his own head, Billy, and Wagner gets a grip of him, he's he's, he's worth a lot of money as that lad. The caveat to that is he could end up going for about fifty thousand to Wigan. So could be Oscar Gerben. Yeah. Okay. And obviously it's a different level, but Oscar yeah. Gerben was somebody who had a lot of yeah. natural ability but yeah. just didn't want to fulfil yeah. it. Um it's a difficult one for me because he's got so much out of so many. Um, I'll probably say the only ones I can think of is I always thought Joe Lolly had a lot of potential. And that goal he got against West Ham. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And but I don't think that's down to David Wagner. I think he had a lot of injuries to Joe Lolly, so it's probably shin splints, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, I've got a friend who's a Nottingham Forest fan, and uh, Joe Lolly is firmly. He's they love him, don't they? Over and above Hef, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll change, honestly. That will change, for sure. <laughs> yeah. They adore him. He, I always thought he had a really, really good potential, and I think yeah. Mark Robbins, there was a few. There's a little thing with Mark Robbins. For, for me, Mark Robbins ruined him. Because when we signed him, it was this free-scoring sort of... It was, it was almost a Royal Rovers story, wasn't it? Going from Kidderminster to Non-League to town... We were championship then, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's the form that it was in when we signed him. I'd just like to see him poised straight in. Let's not take that buzz away from him. Yeah, of course he's going to be raw. Yeah, he's going to have a load to learn. It's probably too lightweight at that point as well. But confidence and belief in your own ability and sheer excitement and adrenaline can take you a long way in football. And I just think that at that time, the brakes were put on him straight away and he never really got chance to sort of flourish. One your other, sorry, Matt, the other obvious player is Mr Ince, isn't it? Because no one's been able to to get that magic out of him in the Premier League. Enigma, isn't he? Yeah. So, uh, will anyone ever? I think that's the, the name on his back and his dad stood over him, which yeah. weighs heavy on him, I think. But just going back to Lolly, Neil, there was... Um, I'm going to be careful what I say because... But there was a, a disciplinary incident when he first arrived, which caused him to be, uh, which set him back slightly. And then when he was ready to come back, that's when the shin splints kicked in. So I'm probably not going to blame Matt Robbins too much. I am. One, but I'm blaming Matt Robbins for everything. <laughs> but is it, is it, is it, well, is he in joint first place with Chris Powell? Not Grayson. <laughs> Grayson took us up. Whatever way you look at that, he was, I just understand the depths you're going to blame people. Nah, <laughs> nah Grace was in charge of there. We got promoted at Wembley, so he's he's, uh, he's off the hook. He is right? off the hook. But Mark Robbins, I'll never forgive Mark Robbins. I went to the Oldham friendly, last friendly of the, of the summer. Oh, yeah. We were absolutely crucified 3 1 at Oldham. Playing Chris three Lopez. At the back. Lopez has scored. I don't know, but we got three at the back. Peltier, he played Matt Crooks. Right centre back. Spent all his life. Killed his career. And then was got absolutely. He had played in the 21s, 23s yeah. at centre back for 12 months. But he played prior. in that friend and we got battered at Oldham and then mm. in Bournemouth week after in league. And it, I said to him, I don't wear that to that game. And then I just said, there's no way I'll play that again. And I saw it. What I didn't get about that. What I didn't get about that was he played. If Matt Crook's a tall ball playing midfielder, you'd play him in the middle of a three, surely. I, I just think that 
Robbins threw that team out that day knowing full well that he was going in. So yeah, I've done about I've just rolled roll with last week's team. Yeah, he's not going to get much support, is he, from Adam Hamill at right wing? Adam Hamill at right wing back there. No. So after that alone, I was delighted when Mark Robbins went. Delighted. So there. I liked Mark Robbins. To a certain level. Dearly me. But I met the guy. He's a nice man. Yeah, I met the guy. I heard his. I he, he yeah. explained his some a lot of his philosophies on on football, which were really good. Yeah, he, he, he did, and he should have gone at that point rather than change. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah he, he did, but he should have gone himself. He should have. He, he knew at the start of that pre-season that he wasn't going to be hanging around. Mm. You don't just make an overnight decision that you're off. That's coming. So he, he, he should have cleared off long before the season. Yeah, I'm not so sure because he did the uh, they did the three peaks challenge. Everything he put a lot of effort into that sort of pre-season. I thought so. I I saw it as a complete shock when he walked. Mm. I, I don't think else. it did in terms of the result. I think when the result happened, I think that was that just it all came. It was on down. the back of the the previous one at Oldham in that friendly. And it was, oh. I didn't go to that, so it would have I didn't have I, the, I wish uh, I hadn't. the wrath of of Neil for that. <laughs> So, um, so Claire's last question. Um, She's been busy. Yeah, one for fun. If you could make a team using past and present players, who you have in your team and why? Wow. You see, when did you start going nil? Nineteen eighty. Right, I'm ninety-two. Eighty-one. Eighty-nine. So, so we're gonna have a few of the same ones overlapping. Can I can I throw one into the mix? And I'm gonna start yeah. with um, my first ever town hero, who was uh, Mr. Simon Trevitt. Excellent. Absolutely loved him. Fantastic Bur- haircut as well. Burger. From Robert Town, is that? Oh, lives in Robert Town, yeah. He's a, I think he's a poster now. Yes. I played against his brother a few times, Johnny Trevitt. It's pretty good, actually. It's Johnny Trevitt. Alright, so I'm going to cl- change Claire's question slightly. Um, so originally she said, if you could make a team using past and present players, who would you have in, have in your team and why? Um, I'm going to change it Neil based on your little rule there whereby we'll have up until the Premier League because the current team probably flattens everybody doesn't it so sorry Claire so what I'll do is I'll propose a a 4-4-2 shape we know town fans love a 4-4-2 let's go on let's go all the way on so goalkeeper wise guys are you going for Brian Cox Danny? I'd go for Nico Vassen I think Nico Vassen Steve Harper. Nico Vassen for me as well. Oh, you see, I would have gone Steve. I was close to Alex Smith. Why? Because he was homegrown and he scored the penalty at Wembley. Soft spot. But Steve Harper was pretty good as well. And Danny Ward, you've got to throw in. I'm going to say Steve Harper, so that one's a bit of a tie. Yeah. Right back, I've got Tommy Smith. Malcolm Brown. I've not thought about this one. <laughs> Tommy Smith she's putting us on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Having not seen Malcolm Brown play, I'd have to go with uh, You're not having Simon Trevor, no? No, I'm not Okay, so So Smith's in. Um across the two centre backs I've gone for I can't go past Schindler and Hiffler. Even Andy Morris I did like Andy Morrison a lot. And not so much Ken oh, Odoke. <laughs> but horrible. This is this is just quite difficult. For what Heff did, the how he's, he's just a walking catchphrase, you know, absolutely. I think they've got to put honourable mentions in for like a Jack or maybe Andy Morrison. Morrison for when he was tough, fit. Tough yeah. Um, yeah, I've got to go Schindler. Schindler's a cert, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, Schindler have either that or Morrison in place of uh, Schindler, actually, just because I think it'd be. Oof! <laughs> oh, I have two brutes. Oh, my God. Oof! Imagine the elbows on the uh, opposition strikers at corners there, and you notice. There's that, I love that interview. Britta Sambalonga did an interview, didn't oh, yeah, he, about yeah. Heffler, where he said, uh, who was your toughest opponent? We might have covered this before, didn't we, where he said it was a German from Huddersfield who told me he was going to break my nose when I came on, and within 10 seconds he'd elbowed me across the face. <laughs> and then at the end he was hugging and kissing me, so he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I remember watching a friendly that at uh, Hull uh, when Mark Hayley was player manager, and it was Morrison that was playing in town defence, and just before one corner, Hayley sort of smacked one of our younger players and knocked him over. And referee looked away just after the corner. Morrison walked out. Now, we were in earshot. Morrison walked up to Hayley said, you're going down. Next next time I'm challenging you, you're going down. And sure enough, elbow in the back of the head at the next... To be fair, Hayley just got up and got on with it. But To be fair, <laughs> I, 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 witnessed, no. I witnessed the best one ever of those. We used to have a left-back called David Burke played for town. Oh, yeah. And when Sam Allardyce played for town as well at centre-back, we were playing Fulham. We were notoriously dirty player called Jeff Hopkins, Welsh international, and he brought David Burke's leg, leg right in front of old, old tennis, and, and he, would, he would just horribly knew straight away. You could hear it, you could yeah. hear it. And Sam Allardyce didn't even didn't think twice, he's marched over, smacked Jeff Hopkins square in the face, just turned around and walked off. Dealt with him like a, dealt with him like a pint of wine, did he? He did, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Left... Left back, I can't go full back four from 2016, so I'm going to go Simon Charlton, left back. You stole the mine there. No, you can have the same one. Tommy Callum for me, because he follows me on Twitter, so I've got a bit more. <laughs> We've had some good left backs. We've had some absolute I like cross ones and all. I really like Jamie Vincent um, for that little spell. For a spell. Yeah, yeah, not not enough good. to get in this. Um, I'm Scott Malone? No, I'm, I'm going to go Chris Lever. I was Simon Charlton because uh, he went to my high school. Simon Charlton, great player. He was good. I had a good career after it sounded very great. Danny, you went with Tom Kelly. Okay. So two votes for Charlton though. Midfield four, I changed from Dean Gore on the right at the last second and went with Kachunga just for that Smith-Kachunga partnership. So right hand side for me is Brian Stanton at the end. Yeah, Stanton as well, I guess. Go on, Stu, you can have the deciding one on that one. I'm going to go Kachunga for the same reason oh. as you. Oh! Surely no one's not going to pick Aaron Moy in the middle. Moy for me, Agreed. No-brainer. No-brainer. Who to have alongside him? I, I'm torn, you see. I I really liked Darren Bullock as a kid, but I, I will admit that he probably wouldn't translate well to the modern game. <laughs> um... <laughs> But one player who probably would would be Chris Marsden. I can't pick Chris Marsden as good as he was because we didn't see the best of him. He got he went out Southampton of good, wasn't he? very quick because he played so much football when Walnut took over. <laughs> um, John Kelly. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll probably go. Andy Williams was pretty bad as well. Oh, so shocking. That's an all-new programme. Um, oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Somebody else got I can't think. Bullock compliments from Moy quite well. I think when we went up, Bullock actually transformed in that, in that uh, what was Division 1 back then. He was 
sort of limited at, uh, in the third tier but when we went up he could play football yeah. but they weren't a bad player I thought so there's one game stood out for me was well one of them I enjoyed was when he handled there was a, a nasty little wretch came with Charlton Athletic with England under 21 honours called Lee Bowyer yeah. who thought he could swing his elbows and fists at anybody that moved and Darren Bullock left him in a crumpled pile in the penalty in fact, box I'm going, I'm going Bullock purely on we played Leicester at home when they were flying. I was going to say Gary Parker and he man-marked yeah. Gary Parker yeah. while scoring twice in time one I was building up to that one yeah so that was one of the best midfield brilliant. performances I've seen and he scored at their place as well Moyen Bullock Moyen Bullock I'll, I'll go with that left wing I, oof. Oof, yeah, so I just because I don't want to pick too many from 2016. Yeah, I've I had a, I, I, when I was growing up, I really liked Phil Starbuck, and that Ooh, Phil Starbuck. yeah, that ninety. I'm him down as a left winger. Yeah. Can't play my wing. He did though, 93, 94 that season. Came in from came from the left. But and I know he played a lot more on the right, but I've gone Paul Dalton. Just over maybe Ben Thornley. I'm going to go old school again. Cowling. Dave Cowling. I'm going to go Ben Thornley. Much decried by many, but scorer of some epic goals. Go on, Danny. Cowling. You didn't tell me Danny started going about the same time. And then up front, there's only two that stand out for me. Go on. Stuart and Booth. Can't. You just can't argue that. That's easy for me. I know you've seen more than me on your nail, but I, Stuart and Booth just. Marcus Stewart. Ma- Marcus Stewart's got to be in it. Marcus Stewart's got to be I'm thinking Andy me. Booth, Mark 1 rather than Mark but 2. But I'm going to go Duncan Shearer. I could put the Heffin alongside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to drop a defender, do I? <laughs> Duncan Shearer scored hat trick on his debut away at Barnsley, yeah, Barnsley yeah. and then week after we played Stoke, he scored two absolute screamers. Poof. Yeah, Duncan Shearer. Go on, Danny. I can with MK1 as well, just because of the aerial threat when he was when he was first with us. Mm. All right. So to answer Claire's question, the team that we've gone for in goal is a combination of Steve Harper and Nico Vassen uh, giant votes Tommy Smith right back Schindler Hef centre backs Simon Charlton wins out two votes to 1-1 one, one each uh, the right wing is a toss up between Kachunga and Stanton it's Brian Stanton the end Moy and Bullock <laughs> in midfield with Dave Cowling on the left wing that'll that'll be uh, that'll have a few people uh, I'll tell you what whichever strikers are playing they're going to get some right crosses in and those two strikers are Stuart and Booth yes you would sign that it is please feel free to send us yours on Twitter Mm. so the last question we've got comes from (laughs) speaking of Alan Lee it's from a Twitter user called Alan Alan Lee 19 change your name Big, El- <laughs> Big Elbow is his other name <laughs> uh, and it says honest opinion on the crest used on the shirts this season personally I think the idea of a design like that could be executed well but whoever designed it just hasn't done that I don't mind it I love I'm very traditional if I'm being honest and I love the I love our badge I think it's a classic proper football badge um, but I think for looking at overseas markets and sponsorship, etc., which is, in my opinion, clearly coming to this design with the dog and the Chinese. Is it the, a terrier? Does it look like a terrier? 
Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yes. Like it. we've, we've got the design comic cartoon expert with us. If he says it's a Teddy, it's fine, that'll do for me. I've taken the mick out of it in the past for looking a bit aggressive, but it doesn't bother me. The only thing that can bother me is if it fell off the kit, like people are saying, but mine's been yeah. washed five times and it's still intact, so... Yeah, I like it as a, as a, a logo piece. Um, I also agree with Neil, I think it's in squarely at Southeast Asian China market. Um, do I like it on the shirt? Not particularly. I'm a bit of a traditionalist as well, um, but I do like the design. I just wish they would just simplify our crest down just a little bit. I, I don't it's like the, the shield. shield off. It's the shield that yeah, I don't take like. the shield it. off. It's when you go onto like the Premier League website, our it's actual crest shrinks because of the size of the shield. FIFA. Yeah, sure. FIFA is important stuff. Yeah, nothing against the logo, good piece of design. But yeah, yeah I, but I, I don't mind it to be honest. I, quite like change when it comes to football I quite like the kit I think it looks quite sharp nice the red and black one looked really good on, on the weekend only thing I don't like about red and black was wish it was striped on the back as the back well. yeah that's probably the same thing we've seen Sheffield United's kit this season oh, weird it's not another pink their own kit no, it's red and white stripes at the front and just plain white on the back it's just that's not a Sheffield United kit is it it's a little bit Colgate isn't it yeah no so to answer your question I think I think we're a bit ambivalent aren't we yeah it's alright it's <laughs> It's not jeans like people suggest. No, no I, it, it's currently on a Premier League shirt, and that'll do for me. Yeah, I, I quite like it. Too. I, I like the whole red, obviously from my Twitter things. I, I really like the red Terry thing from 6970. Yeah. That was a design I really liked. So when Sean Jarvis said they were going to have a nod to that, I, I quite liked it. Yeah, on, on kit front, to be fair, I think they've, they've, I think they've smashed it on all three. I think they've got three good kits this season. Yeah, I, li- I like the striped one's a bit more than the fluorescent one but, but you can good. see why it's there can't yeah. you? It's, it's you can see it you can definitely <laughs> see it you can see it so so thanks again for everybody that's got in touch we've had some some good questions this week please keep them coming uh, for the upcoming episodes and remember don't forget to send us your best team as well we'll be really interested to see what what you guys would pick and whether you would agree with Neil that maybe Duncan Shearer should get the nod or whether you're happy with Stuart and Booth or maybe even Naki Wells up front as well so thanks again for all those that have followed us on Twitter we're now over 450 after just a couple of weeks which is which is really good um, if you guys could keep liking and subscribing on YouTube in particular that would be fantastic because I can give the YouTube channel a proper name then rather than having the uh, the current GUID which we've got at the moment that would be fantastic so thanks again for all your support and we'll see you again next time is this the moment for Lee Fowler it is Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pate's got a chance. Pate scores. Jack Pate scores. Heffel is in there. Smith scores for Huddersfield Town! 3-2 Town! Forrest Jerry, Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! The was in, round the hair! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.